Hey everybody, it's Hannah here. I'm just sitting alone in my closet today and I feel like I'm leaving a voice message, which feels strange, but I'm popping in to say that last episode was a big, big honking one and today's is a bonus short. And that is because we are cooking up something really exciting for our next episode, which is going to be our season three finale. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, please check out our Hoods Goods for this month. It features Love Hankins of Culture Vegan Joint. It's a very cool episode and she's got a very cool spot that just opened. So go check that out if you're local. While we're away plotting season four, you can stay in touch via social or by dropping us a line at yourneighborshood at gmail.com. We'd love to know what topics interest you the most. And in the meantime, you can join us on our low-key book club. We're reading Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Thank you so much for being here with us and for supporting this work. And if you'd like to see it continue, we could really use your help giving us a like, rate, subscribe, review. And we will see you Tuesday, October 27th on Tuesday Night Live with our guest from last episode and who's also featured in this bonus short, Rick Morris. So if you want to see our faces and and not just hear our voices, feel free to tune in and we'll catch you then. As always, stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day closer to history. Do you know where white Jesus came from? Um, yeah, white people. Um, so there's this, <laughs> this funny line in, Go figure. um, in the Bible, in Genesis, talking about the creation of Adam and Eve and humanity. Um, and it says, people were created imago Dei, or in the image of God. And something we've seen time and time again is that people reverse this and we create God in our own image, mm-hmm. right? So as European Christianity became more dominant in Europe and um, was exported with colonialism around the world to become the way that Christianity was really used as a tool of domination and racial hierarchy, these paintings from the European perspective of what Jesus looked like, which is like blonde, long hair, like six pack abs. Um, um, listeners, was this a- is, Rick is describing himself right now. <laughs> I wish. I, I cut my hair and I really like pizza. Um, but so that got exported around the world, right? And so you can be in a, a Korean Presbyterian church in Korea and see a picture of white Jesus. Uh, you could be in a black Baptist church in the American South and see a picture of white Jesus. And we know this guy was a Palestinian Jew who had probably very dense curly hair, brown uh, skin, and like didn't look like a dude from Central Europe. Um, but that's just one way that... Um, Religion can be used as a tool to shape the way people perceive the world, the way they perceive themselves, who got us closer to, who got us farther away from, mm-hmm. and it can reinforce a lot of these prejudices um, and uh, uh, racism and white supremacy just by seeing the same picture time and time and time again. Shout out to marketing, right? Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OG PR right? form. <laughs> it's old school propaganda, really. Facts. Yep. Wow. Girl, Hannah, that was a good question. I have been to black churches, but I'm scanning my brain to remember if I saw white Jesus is there or not. I can tell you I've been to black churches and I've seen white Jesus. 
with his hands like this or his hands uh-huh. like this uh-huh. or like this mm-hmm. on a pain. Yes. Yeah. He's there. Yeah, I, I can't, I mean, I can't speak to um, the experience of many uh, black churches at all, but I, I, those that I am involved with, um, especially in the last like 15 years, there's been um, a lot of discussion about like white iconography and replacement of it. Um, so you can look up um, contemporary iconography, particularly from black churches, and see all these like reinterpretations of and deconstructions of famous images and replacing the white Jesus with a black Jesus or having um, like Jesus in many races um, used in art. And I, I think it's it's by the because of the double take people have when they see this art or these icons is a teachable moment and is a worship moment. It's a moment where you can say, like, how come that's jarring? Like, the white one is the inaccurate one. How come when we sub other races or have something that's more historically accurate, it feels wrong to me? And it's a way of kind of deprogramming um, their own minds from that, like, white supremacy that even gets in in the way um, people of color can view themselves. So I think that's... It's been a really interesting phenomenon that I've, I've gotten to talk with some of my friends and colleagues about and see play out in a number of uh, black faith communities of doing that like serious deconstructing and decolonizing, decolonizing. Uh, their minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned a new word. I've never heard someone say icron- iconocracy. I'm like iconocracy. Oh. I don't know that I've heard <laughs> iconocracy. Oh Did yeah, I say that right? it's, it's something I've, it's something I've learned a lot from um, Catholic and Orthodox <laughs> friends where for some of their practice and tradition, calling something a piece of art when it's an icon, like, isn't accurate. And an icon is, like, it has spiritual significance. It's like a window into heaven. It, it's uh, a way that, like, in... It, they would call it, like, it's like a shadow of a sacrament. So in the way God is specially present through, like, communion, the bread and the wine, God is also specially pres- present through icons of moments of faith. And so... Yeah, so for some folks, it's just art. For some folks, it's icons. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Well, Rick, we could talk to you all day, yeah. but we, we know how much of your time we've gotten. Is there anything else you wanted to add in? Jackie, anything uh, you wanted to say? No, God, God, Rick has the floor. All of it. <laughs> uh, no, cool. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for, thanks for letting me uh, be a little bit more historically accurate. <laughs> Thank you for your integrity, right? And just saying, yeah, oh, I made it. That's and that's what we need in these conversations is to allow ourselves to be fallible and to uh, learn and to grow. Like sometimes we're not getting it all right. And the 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 fortunate thing is that history is still unfolding. Like we're still unfolding mm-hmm. the past right now. So we're just getting closer and closer to accurate versions, accurate uh, depictions. Mm-hmm. And so we we can do that. Rick can do that. But he, guess what? He came back and kept it correct. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I would say, if I could just say for, for white people who might be listening to this, you know, there's a lot of focus these days on anti-white supremacy or anti-racism. But if we leave black history out of that, it's still just like a white-centered project, right? And it doesn't like have the hope of like society is a lot better if like black people's history and black people are involved in creating the future with us it's um, still kind of focused on white folks so I'm grateful for the opportunity to say like hey now we need to get this history right and understand what happened here yeah cool thanks Rick